The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. As always, Eleanor, we are neck deep in questions uh, coming into 53106 and 087-1400-106. Uh, one in relation to HRT, which again is one we get yeah. a, a lot of. Can you tell me about the potential increase in dementia in women on HRT? This was a recent study that yeah, found a correlation, this, wasn't it? This came out and it was a retrospective study. I look back at women who now have dementia and what proportion of them had had HRT and it was thought to be larger than it ought to have been. But these are women who would have had the HRT pre-2000, so that's more than 23 years ago. And that would be kind of, um, I saw synthetic HRT, quite different to what we give now. They only looked at people who had oestrogen and progesterone, not people who had oestrogen. And so I kind of wondered, was the Eastern one okay? Um, so it's hard to know. And there know. was something as well about, about cause and effect being potentially yeah. reversed because some of the, the HRT may have been prescribed because of cognitive changes that yeah. could have been so precursors. Yeah, people come in and say they have brain fog or maybe mood changes and both of those things can be, I suppose, early indicators of dementia. And they're also saying maybe the dementia was picked up in these women um, because they were coming regularly to the GP for HRT checks. So it could be that they were maybe given it for symptoms that might have been treated better otherwise. Um, and I suppose it's still to find out really and more more will be looked into it. Not a huge amount being said about this study at the moment and nobody has come out to say, yeah, this is not something we should be doing. Or this it's is not klaxons and red flags no, territory. Not, not yet, but all these things need to be looked into and you should never take a drug if you don't need it. So if you don't have HRT, you know, um, but God knows if you do have brain fog from your menopause, nothing like a bit of HRT. Texting, I keep getting heat rashes. Is there any way to prevent them? Um, yeah, keep as cold as you can. Thanks, Eleanor, <laughs> thanks. There's, there's that medical degree coming into effect. <laughs> uh, like cotton clothes, um, cold showers and baths, plenty of liquids to drink. Um, don't be out in it all day, take breaks from the sun. Uh, if you start getting a heat rash. Um, now, is the heat rash from the sun or is it just temperature? Is it because you, you get It's like a histamine release. So it's kind of like an allergy. Um, so you can take an antihistamine, whether or not it'll prevent it. But if you have it, it'll certainly treat it. Um, you can put on calamine lotion, but it's really not to be overdoing it out eight, nine hours in the sun and then having a heat rash. So kind of cover up a bit like clothes um, so that you don't have too much sweat on it either um, and have a cool bath. There's a um, text asking, uh, is it possible to do bowel screening at home and what is the process? Is this somebody (laughs) suggesting a DIY colonoscopy? Now, uh, when when you hit 60, you get in the post a DIY home kit for doing a stool sample and it's probably the best screening things you could ever do. And it's free for everybody from your 60. Uh, So you post somebody your poo? The HSE posts out these cards and you post them back your poo. Um, so it's probably a rise for post workers for that. Um, <laughs> but they uh, and they pick up microscopic. So I've had people who've been picked up in this with microscopic that you'd never see blood in their stools. They then get called for a free colonoscopy, pretty timely. Um, and they go in and they look, look in their bowel. They see a tiny cancerous polyp. They snap it off. Uh, they're out after two hours. They're a bit groggy. Someone collects them and they go home with no bowel cancer. Isn't that amazing? And then they are known to be at risks and then they're called back at intervals and they never end up in chemo and they never end up at anything. So and I assume it's post-60 extremely. because demographically that's the cohort where it's most likely to start arising. Yeah, but if you have a family history of bowel cancer from whatever age, you should be having colonoscopies. So if you have a family history of there's a reason or if you have a symptom, you shouldn't be doing a DIY stool test at home. You should be going, being seen, having your bloods checked, going for colonoscopy and knowing 
full well whether there's something or then that. But if, if you don't have... A hundred percent. No screening test is a hundred percent. But if you don't have the family history and you wouldn't mind getting screened, is there... Gosh, can, why not? Go do a go stool do, test at home. And is that to, do you, to your GP or do you yeah. like, is this Amazon.com for my stool test? Where do uh, I get this? I think we have a box of pieces of card in our office that we, we can do them so on people. GP. Yeah, yeah, it is GP. I'm sure you can probably buy them in the chemist and we send them to the lab. But it, again, if you're that worried to be wanting to do a DIY stool test at home pre-60, there's something worrying you and there's a reason for it and maybe it should be looked at better than that. How common is general health screening in Ireland? Because whenever I talk to American friends, I think once they get post about 40, the regular health checkup, they all go to their doctors and their cardiologists yeah. and they get examined yeah. and checked and it's de rigueur. I very rarely hear it from people here. Maybe I just move in a different circle, I don't know. I think it's a good idea to do all the things that you ought to do. You know, a dex over a certain age, smear tests when you should have them, mammograms when you have them and maybe bloods once a year if you're over a certain age but the kind of randomly scanning of people from head to toe <laughs> irradiating them um, MRIs they throw up more problems than they actually solve so um, there's actually a question came in uh, later it says I have an adrenal cyst Yes. Um, and the I have an adrenal cyst it was seen on routine CAT scan well they've obviously had a CAT scan for another reason uh, and then something seen they could have been born with that adrenal cyst sitting there happily all their life now they're going to have another few uh, things to worry things about. Things to worry about. Well, they do begin by asking, what is an adrenal cyst? I'm a, curious too. Do you know what? You, you quite often see an adrenal cyst or a liver cyst or a kidney cyst or a cyst on anything. But once we see it, then we're like, well, was that there last year? Or, and then you scan them again next year. Is it still the same? Or you kind of get worried because maybe it's a little bit bigger than you'd like it to be. So then they go off and get it biopsied and then it turns out to be nothing 99.9% of the time. But of course, there's a point one, So the other 99 have to have it done. Um, so sometimes not knowing about those things is actually better for your health because then all the things you have to do to follow it up are risky. Uh, Tech saying, my 11-year-old scratched his elbow climbing a wall. The skin was grazed. How long should I leave it plastered? Or is there a school of thought that says, leave the air at it once the wound looks dry? Now, I have a theory on this, Eleanor. Yeah. Okay? My belief is, if it is not currently hemorrhaging in a way that sticks you yeah. to the tablecloth or ruins your clothes, yeah. leave it alone. Am I right? No. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I think... My theory, uh, with my box of bandages at home, it's probably empty, uh, is that you give it a good wash under the tap, um, shove on a bandage, have a little look under it, replace the bandage every day for three days till it's kind of healed over so it's not going to get infected. And then whip it off and leave it out to the air. But for the first few days, I'd cover it if your skin is broken. And is that the same for all, like burns and everything else? Ideally, you cover them, do you? Um, burns, there's all sorts of creams that you can get in the chemist to put on them uh, and you would cover things for the first few days till the skin starts to heal over so that you have less chance of infection, especially in kids who are mucky creatures. Yeah. Uh, text asking, what causes the buildup of wax in the ears and what, if anything, can be done? I'm told that the absolute worst thing that you can do is go after it with a Q-tip because you're likely to impact yes, it. Yes, I've told you that before. Yeah. <laughs> hairy ears, that's the number one cause of buildup of ear wax. Um, yeah, hairy ears. Um, and then some people that's just make That's another wax. one of those ageing things. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's not of a huge concern. And also teenagers who put in those little earbuds or they're those little white things they carry around little case earbuds. Yeah, the little yeah, headphones. Yeah. They put them into their ear and then of course nothing ever escapes in their ear because they have them in 24-7. And um, so you see kind of more teenagers now with earwax than you would. And do you get many people coming in because you have a sort of a big giant special syringe for this, don't you? They, they give all doctors one of these and they qualify. <laughs> They've been banned years ago. Have they? Yeah, they're gone. Uh, so we have a machine um, that pulses water and some people have a machine that sucks you know so um, yeah 
And do you get much in the way of clients for these machines? Oh, Is it a common procedure? Yeah, it's a very common procedure. Does it have an immediate effect? You know, when, when you're asleep and a nostril suddenly comes back online and it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, yeah. Is it the same for the ear? Do, you, do they suddenly hear again once they, they get the machine? They suddenly hear again. Yeah, so you're hearing through like having your own natural earplug of uh, wax. A text asking, and this may be an overcomplicated one to finish on, but I give it a shot. My doctor tells me my veins are bleeding in my legs. Are there any temporary fixes to this? I would have thought you'd want a permanent fix for something like that. I, I would think veins bleeding in legs would be a kind of, I, I'd be getting panicked myself. My ble- I would wonder, is this like surface veins, like spider veins, there where they have a little tiny little red flash of surface vein. Uh, in case that's what it is, get it lasered. Uh, go to a vein specialist but if your veins are bleeding in your legs I think you'd need more and help And the other one that you've give. talked to me about as well before is um, what do you call it when the, the veins swell up and become visible in the in the lower leg? Varicose veins? Yeah. Yeah they shouldn't be bleeding. No indeed but yeah. they, they fit in the same category of if you have them they, yeah. they're easy, relatively easily addressed they're surgically addressed They're surgically they? addressed once um, best be at your proper weight and best be sure you're finished having babies it's mainly women but men do too. And sometimes it's a thing when women have a few babies they need to get their varicose veins done uh, and then don't have any more because you'll be back again to have them redone. Does the pregnancy cause the varicose Yeah, the pregnancy can cause the varicose veins. The weight in your pelvis pushing on your veins and the blood returning to your body from your legs. Do you see you see an increase in blood pressure during pregnancy? Is that no, or do you not? It's just the, the, the veins flow back up into your kind of main veins and if you have a big baby sitting on top and don't There's less room so for everything <laughs> yes. don't you yeah. wow me with your technical terms um, w- one final one before I let you go there's one asking about I'm in my early 40s I've been getting some flashes of pain in my upper chest in an almost diagonal way I can't pinpoint the cause what could be the issue I assume a list as long as your arm could oh, be the heart issue heart attack pneumonia also pleurisy yeah absolutely I think that would probably be one to if you're having chest pain always well, if checked. you have a proper chest pain, go to a hospital. Um, otherwise, come down on Monday. If you yeah, alive. if it's intermittent yeah. and a long yeah. way, do come and visit. <laughs> and not on exercise <laughs> and you're not sweating with it or throwing up, yeah. Eleanor, thank you very much. That is our resident GP, Dr. Eleanor Galvin. And you can get uh, Eleanor on social media, your family doctors, isn't that right? Yeah, family, family doctors. doctors. Yeah. So you can plague her on Twitter if you want with uh, questions rather than giving her the money of actually showing up at her surgery. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.